Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. We've been playing around with the recording, trying to get things better. Uh, recording is huge, um, and we're trying to get the best sound we possibly can, so we appreciate your patience as you bear with us here. Uh, this is Speaking the Truth in Agape Love podcast. If you would like to send us a note, you can email us at truthinagapelove at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, um, Speaking the Truth in Agape Love. And you can uh, comment on there. We're also on several different podcast sites. We've, you can listen to our podcast on Facebook. You can also listen on Google and we're on Prime. Amazon Prime Music and iTunes, and so if usually I think that covers most bases. <laughs> so um, if you'd like us to be on another uh, platform, just let us know and we'll we'll try to do that. But um, you can find us on all those um, podcasts. Of course, if you're listening to this, you're listening to a podcast. So, <laughs> uh, but anyways, that's where we're at. So you can share share it and uh, spread it out. If you enjoy what you're listening to, you can tell your friends and. And uh, find our podcast and listen to it. We're going to try to do a recording every week. And basically what we've been doing is talking about our lesson or something that that stuck out to us from last Sunday here in Blackfoot uh, as we worship God and and just kind of uh, review and recover and and talk about what we studied um, each Sunday. So excited to be here, David. Absolutely. Always. So we'll just go ahead and get right in it. David, Brother David brought us a... A lesson continuing Hebrews. The text is Hebrews um, chapter 12. We went through verses 1 through 11. And the title, he titled it, um, Let Us Run. And that's something that uh, we can relate to because I think every one of us have been in a PE class or or something (laughs) like that where we had to run a race. Uh, Or maybe you were in track or cross country is the biggest one that I can think of. Um, and so we can all relate running a race. And so there's really actually quite a few um, analogies or similarities in and the um, God brings it up in his word um, for us to um, help us understand. Yeah, help us understand um, his word and what he would have us do as we run our race of life. And so anything you want to say as we get started, David? Well, and I... I guess we can just let the the text speak for itself. Sure. But uh, Matthew six verses nineteen through twenty one. Um, this is actually where I started my lesson. But it says, "Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there." your heart will be also. And so the race that we are running, the race that we are talking about is the heavenly race. Going to the Word of God to figure out our course ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And and that's where our treasures need to be set. Mm-hmm. Where thieves and do not break in and steal. Nothing can take it from you. And so that's where we set our treasures yeah. in heaven because that's where our heart will be also. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's the thing. We're all running the same race, right? That's right. And it, there's not just going to be one winner, we hope, right? I mean, we can all win if we run the same race that God wants us to, to run. Yeah. There's, there's not going to be a first, second, third, fourth. There's basically going to be you won the race or you lost. <laughs> That's right. Okay, and if you you don't want to be the loser because, you know that's that's not the path any of us want to end up on. There's no participation trophy. No, there's no participation trophy. Absolutely <laughs> not. And and so, um, you either win or you lose. And if you lose, you're basically not going to be in a very happy place. I can tell you that. That's right. And so so there's a lot of analogies that we can look at. And I think one of the ones that stood out to me was Hebrews twelve one and two. And we could just go ahead and go. Uh, read that right quick. Um, we're using our electronic devices. So it goes pretty quick, but sometimes there's a bit of a delay. So Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, 
We also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So the, the biggest thing that point to that that I noticed was a weight. Um, the weight is anything that hinders a runner. And so you think about uh, someone who runs a race, uh, it's winter time. We're watching it snow right now outside. We've had quite a snowstorm here. And so w- imagine getting your coveralls on. You know, you've got your your long underwear, okay, your pants, your jeans, and and some coveralls and, and three coats, a hat, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, gloves. Boy, is it tough to run in that. And your, oh, yeah. your boots. And so that's not something that I would pick to run a race. And you think about a runner... He's wearing thin clothing, unrestrictive clothing. Um, and as you mentioned, some of them might shave even the hair off of their legs just yeah. to gain that much less resistance in a race. And, and another thing I was thinking, too, is sometimes runners will train with weights on them. Mm-hmm. Then when they run the actual race, they take those weights off, and it's easier for them to run because they've been trying to run with all the weight on well, and not only that, it helps them to run with endurance the actual race. Yeah. So when it comes race time, they're they're ready. They're ready. And they can run with endurance mm-hmm. rather than halfway through mm-hmm. tiring out and you can't finish. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's the thing to think about. And it really makes sense. Um, basically, sin is a weight for us. Mm-hmm. You know, and the and Jesus came and um, has made it, it possible for us to be forgiven of those sins and we can shed those weights off no matter who you are no matter what you've done mm-hmm. you can shed though you might still be suffering from the consequences of that sin but you can be forgiven of it and shed it and run run the race more perfectly that's right and to tie it back to matthew 6 as we read as i read it first mm-hmm. even the the worldly pleasures the setting your treasures on earth you know seeking earthly gain Mm -hmm. is a weight and the more weights you put on the more likely you are to lose sight of christ yeah and lose sight of following him now we all have to live in this life Mm -hmm. we all have to work you know that's also a command to work but you know you can get a job that supports you and your family or you can try to get two jobs so you can buy all the toys mm-hmm. well if you get the two the second job so you can have all the fancy toys and all that stuff well that's extra weight that you don't need yeah and so uh, absolutely yeah sometimes the things that we think are good in life are actually a, a weight that hinders us yeah I was thinking that the other day, uh, the Filipinos, whenever they send pictures, they're only sending pictures of them teaching and mm-hmm. baptizing. They're not up skiing or yeah. <laughs> or fishing. And, you know, it seems like that's all we post anymore, you know. Yeah. That, um, kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to do this podcast, you know, just something else that we can do to try to spread the gospel. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, in verses 2. Now, the word Christian means a follower of Christ. So you are either Christ-like. That is what a Christian means. Not a, a lot of people think that a believer in Christ is a Christian. But actually, the, the Greek word means a follower of Christ, meaning doing what he commanded, just as it talks about in verses 2, looking unto Jesus, as he is the author and finisher. So he didn't just write out how we are to live. You know, John 1 1 yeah. says, um, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Speaking of Christ, Christ is in reference to the Word there. 
and he is not just the author, but you know, Philippians two verses six through eight talks about how he left his home in glory, how it, he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant in the likeness of men, and so he left his home next to the Father. He he left that to come down here to walk among us, to show us the way. Mm-hmm. That is something that in the Old Testament they never had. Oh, never sure. before, even the priest, the high priest, they sinned just like everyone else. And so they could, the best they could offer someone is to say, well, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, They've all sinned. Christ says, do as I do. And so we follow our author and finish of our faith. So as he came down and lived and walked among us perfectly, showing us the perfect way to the Father, he finished it by going to that cruel cross of Calvary Yeah. as he was willing to give his life. And make no mistake about it, it wasn't like he ran from him. Mm. He it it wasn't that in, in any way, shape, or form. He willingly went to that cross. He knew what was going to happen to him. Just that, mm-hmm. and you get that on the his last prayer. You know, as he was hoping, well, not hoping, but he, if this cup, yeah. let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He didn't want to suffer. Yeah, but. He willingly did it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that's something that I still can't get past. That's a love that is unfathomable to us. Absolutely. Anyone. I mean, it, both from the, the father's standpoint and the son's, I wouldn't be willing to die the way Christ did for anyone. Yeah. I mean, it would be one thing, like, Chad, I think I've mentioned this before, but I'm sure you can take a bullet in the head to uh, for the sins of everyone. Like, that's a quick and painless death. But to suffer the way he did and know you were going to suffer, yeah. I'd pass. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? But yet he willingly did it. And then looking at the, from the father's standpoint, allowing his son to go through it. Yeah. I would never sacrifice my own kids. Mm-hmm. But again, that's because I don't have the love that God does for us. Well, I think one thing that you mentioned, what what made what you made me think of, is when he did come down and show us the way. Um, it makes me think of. I was never in the military, okay, but um, I've had foremans, lots of different foremans that I worked for, and I always appreciated the foreman that wasn't scared to do the work himself. Mm-hmm. versus the one that just would stand back and shout orders. And um, you think about, I've seen some, several military movies. Mm-hmm. The commander that was willing to charge first, those men would follow him into battle over right. the guy standing on the hill saying, okay, boys, go take that hill, you know. But the one that led him into the battle, they had way more respect for that person than the one that would just shout orders and not really show them and so anyone who's willing to show us how to do something and be a good example whether it's at work or as a christian um being that good example you know we talk about that all the time as christians if we can do anything just be a good example to others our friends that's right family members things like that be a good example because you never know when that may spark a question or something like that because you know that you made me think that's exactly what Jesus did. He came down. He was tempted just as we are. I'm going to tell you, if I was the one with, if I was Jesus on that mountain and hadn't ate for 40 days, I would have, <laughs> yeah, I would have turned them stones into bread. You guarantee it. You know, yeah. that would have been something that really no, none of us could have resisted. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did, and and he was human. Yeah. I mean, did, was there miraculous, anything miraculous in that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I would say no. Yeah, I would say no because he was human. That's right. Even though he was God's son, he was still human, and he was living as we are, as we were tempted as we are. 
Yeah. Know, there's a verse. I know. Maybe you can think of it. But. Well, Hebrews 4, uh, 15, and we'll actually go 14 through 16. Um, but Hebrews 4. Uh, starting verses 14. Okay. Now, a lot of people try to claim that, you know, as the Son of God, and yes, there were times where he had power to heal and 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 raise people from the dead, Lazarus. But when he was tempted, he was all man tempted. Yeah. And Hebrews 4, 14 through 16, let's read that. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. So in verses 14, or sorry, verses 15, he was in all points tempted as we are. Now, if he had help from God, then that means that he was not tempted the way we are. Well, and I think we tend to think that way. We tend to think, well, yeah, Jesus, you know, he did it. He was he didn't sin because he was God's son, you know. Yeah. But he was human just like you and I, and that's, that's what right. makes it even more um spectacular or perfect is because he had the same temptations that you and I have, yet yeah. was able to resist it. And that's and and that's a great verse. I'm really glad you brought that out because um tempted as we are yet without sin that's that's, right. the, that's the amazing part of it and there's there's no way i mean if he had help throughout all his temptations from god where he he wasn't um he wasn't tempted the way that we would be tempted then that would make god a liar right here in yes, verses 15 absolutely he suffered exactly the way we would suffer mm. and in fact i would go even further and say he he suffered so much worse than we mm-hmm. could. Now, Chad, me and you, we have certain degrees that we can be tempted where we wouldn't fail. Yeah. And for you, you know, you may be better at, at one thing where I would be um, fall to that temptation. And then in another place, maybe you would fall to that temptation, but I wouldn't, mm-hmm. right? Well, he was tempted in all points as we are. Yeah. We're not tempted in all points. We're only tempted, and, and this is going to go back to what we're going we're gonna to be talking about here in a little bit, but we're tempted in ways that will make us stronger, not to destroy us. Yeah. Um, but he was tempted in all points. So in, in every point, as all of us may suffer or struggle or go through trials and tribulations, he suffered all of them yeah. and yet did not fail. Yeah. And so he was tempted... Beyond and going back to your story, how many of us would have failed at at all three of those temptations in Matthew four, right? Where Satan, especially being the last temptation, mm-hmm. when he took him on the high place and showed him mm-hmm. all the lands and said, "All of it will be yours." Yeah, I have no doubt that Satan could have done that. He is the ruler of this world. There's, I have no doubt that he he could have very easily given Christ everything that he said. Yeah. Um, but yet, how many of us would have taken that? And <laughs> keeping in mind, that's at the weakest point. Yeah. Because he's not he had was, a good night's sleep. And he was hungry for hungry. 40 days. I mean, I get pretty hangry sometimes. Yeah. You know? And, you know, I've, I've fasted for three days. Mm. That's... You don't mess with me when... <laughs> I've only done and I'm that. Hungry. Dave, I've only done that when I'm sick. Right. <laughs> well, and you know, it, it was for um health issues. Yeah, sure. That, why I fasted. Sure, sure. If it was if it was for godly reasons, you wouldn't know about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but to be t- to go without eating for 40 days. Yeah, it's something that man. none of us can really imagine and and you know, it's what makes it so great and what what makes Christ so great is when you really think about what he went through and we put ourselves in his shoes that's what makes it sink into me that's you know? right and and so we're 
kind of getting off, track off a little, little bit. bit here, but you know, bringing this back um, to running a race, you know, we're running the same race Christ ran. Yeah. You know, just um, he was teaching and trying to set up um, his heavenly kingdom. Go ahead. Well, and I was just going to say to to tie it back to Christ, you know, as it says in First Peter one sixteen, "Be holy, for I am holy." This is, you know, we're we're speaking about Christ is because we need to run the race that Christ ran. Yeah. You know, as as Christ lived perfectly, that's what we're striving to do. Yes, we fail. Yeah. However, we're commanded to get back up and keep trying. You know, just like when we're riding a bike mm-hmm. or riding a horse. The first time I rode a horse was actually at your dad's house, Chad. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I almost got bucked off. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten on a horse since. Yeah. But, you know, riding a bike or a horse you're never going to conquer that fear unless you get back on and do it again. Yeah. Right? And so we may fall. We may fall to some temptation, but we get back up and keep going at it. Yeah. And that's the running with endurance, well, that race set before And us. the thing is, we talk to people at times where they're like, oh, I, there, you know, there's no way I could go to church. I, I'm just, I've done too many bad things. Well, that's falling off the horse. Yeah, you know, you can still get back on. You you know, um you can put those things behind you. Put them in the past. Yeah. And just just like the race, you know, you you can fall out of the race, but you can get back in it real mm-hmm. easy, you know, t- real easy. Yeah. You and know. you know what I tell people when they say that, have you killed Christians? Mm-hmm. Have you persecuted yeah. them because that's what Saul of Tarsus did. Yeah. And now he's Oh man, yeah. He turned to be the great apostle Paul. Yeah. You a, know, and so and this is outside sources, but they say that he's responsible for about 2,000 Christian persecutions and deaths. Mm-hmm. And so looking at that, and we know he was responsible for um, Stephen's death or Stephen's stoning because they laid the clothing at Saul of Tarsus's feet. And the one in command is the one that got the spoils of war, yeah. so to speak. So they would always lay the the garments at the ones in charge of it. And so that's what we see that he was in, in, in charge of, of that situation. He was in charge of stoning Stephen. And so he was responsible for killing Christians, and yet God forgave him. Absolutely. So it doesn't matter what you've done, the Lord will forgive. Yep. And that's another beautiful aspect of God is his mercy and his patience for us. Mm-hmm. I think this kind of leads into the next point that I wanted to talk about in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27. Mm-hmm. Um, because basically we're running that race and there's a prize at the end, right? I mean, why That's would right. you run it if there wasn't? You know, you want that trophy or whatever it is or the, you know, to be the top person on the wall, you know, of the first place, whatever. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why you run the race for fame or fortune or whatever. You know, that there's a reason. A you perishable just, crown. You, yeah, it's a perishable crown. You don't just run it for whatever. So let's... I, I'll, I'll go ahead and read yeah. this. Um, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27. 24 through 27. says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is is tempered in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into submission, lest when I have preach to others, I myself should become disqualified. Now, one thing that I was thinking about this, you know, we talk about this perishable crown. This is quite interesting to me because, um, you know, I, I've, I like to watch sports and I, I've watched a lot of football and football is probably the main one. The last few years, I've kind of stepped back a little bit because of the politics that got involved in it. Yeah. But, um, you know, sometimes a football game is not that important to to miss or to watch, <laughs> but I enjoy watching a good football game. Um, the thing is, what I've noticed is you go and you win the Super Bowl, okay, or you win the whatever it is, the highest thing you could win. What do you got to do next year? You just got to come win it again. Mm-hmm. And those guys, they, it's like there's never an end. 
you you just got to come back and repeat. You got to keep your crown, you yeah. know. And they get over and over. Okay, yeah, one you can enjoy it for a couple of days, but then now everyone's gunning for you for the next year. Yeah. That what good is it? You just made it all the way to the top. Now what? You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's start and, over. And really, it's that that way for all of us. You get this, and and that's that's why they call it an imperishable or a perishable crown. Yeah. Um, we're looking for the imperishable one. Right? Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Well, and, you know, you're bringing out a really good point. But behind that, you know, and I think of, um, I was a diver. So, I I watched the swimmers. Now, diving was the the easy side of things. Um, But swimming, you know, they... The practice behind it. Yeah. They practice so long just for an hour of actual swimming or, or you know, actual Well, some of those races don't take very long. Right. And and it says um, is temperate in all things. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what it's really referring to is the, the amount of time they spend just to compete for that perishable crown mm-hmm. where, you know— how much more should you be willing to give for an imperishable crown? Or how much more would you be willing to sacrifice? And it says they're temperate in all things. Mm-hmm. That was one thing with, with swimmers is they had to, you know, on the, we would get done with a, a competition. Yeah. And we would all stop at like Burger King or, you know, the, uh, the fast food place. And the coach would get up and say, okay, swimmers. Get something healthy in there. <laughs> so <laughs> what us divers used to do, because, you know, we we're, were rude like that, we would all get the burgers and fries and just talk about how good it was while they're eating their salad or, you know, they're, <laughs> they're eating whatever they, they yeah. could eat. Absolutely. But they were willing to sacrifice that for the competition. So really all of the competitions was to prepare yourself for the very last competition, which is state, right, yeah. or conference or whatever the, the – big one is mm-hmm. you know and but you don't realize all the amount of work that goes into it so they are that good you know to compete yeah. um same with preachers mm-hmm. now everyone only sees them you know during class and giving their lesson three hours tops right you know we have two hours sunday and one hour wednesday yeah Everyone thinks I just I have the easiest job because I I only work three hours. Well, yeah. <laughs> they don't know how much time is spent behind it. You oh, know, absolutely. It, even for your job, Chad. Yeah. You know, you're you're a big time welder now. Mm. You're, you're good, but mm. you weren't always good. Well, the amount of work you had to put into it to get to where you are. Yeah, and a lot of our jobs um, they're shut down, so we have a week shutdown. And mm-hmm. it's kind of funny, some of these people that we work for, um, they even like just this last shutdown, it's Christmas, they're shut down uh, about five days before the shutdown. They're like, hey, can we change some stuff? And we're like, not on the shutdown. <laughs> it's all done already. And they don't realize that we've been working for a month and a half to be ready for this five days. Right. And, you know, it's the same thing like you're talking as yep. a runner. You don't go out there and run the final race right off the bat. No, you train for such a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's start start of um, uh, cross country season. You don't go and run your best race right off the bat. That's right. In fact, you're probably going to pass out halfway through. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and and you keep doing that, and before long, you can do it real easy. But it takes a while to train your body, and 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 um, what is what do they call it? What what did we read? I mean, temper yourself, right? They're temperate in all things. Or are you talking about the weight? Yeah. Well, in Hebrews the 12. temperate, just to like train yourself and strengthen your body. And yeah. Those kinds of things, strengthen yourself. Um, that takes a lot of work so that by the end of the season, you're at your best. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, we talk about football teams peaking too soon. So they got really good too soon, and now they can't do anything at the end of the season. You know, yeah, well, and really, it's that way with anything. I mean, as a Christian, we can peak and then just be like, "Well, I'm good. I'll just kind of hang out over here." Yeah, and kind of coast off, you know. 
Another thing we talk about too is it, can you retire from being a Christian? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can when we die. That's right. And, you know, um, we had a, a good um, friend of ours, a brother that passed away the other day, Jerry Henderson. Mm-hmm. And in his obituary, it said he was the pat or not, um, not pastor. What they say, the minister. That's what they said in the. They said the minister. He was the minister of and named the church. I can't remember the name of the church, but he was the minister, clear to the end, mm-hmm. that he wasn't retired. He was still working. That's right. Still teaching as much as he could. Still preaching. Yep. And, you know, we're going to miss him. He, the, of course, they live in Georgia, but they was out, you know, we knew him from about five years ago or whatever. And it's hard to think about a guy like that gone, you know, yeah. someone that you worked with and, and uh, taught with and studied with um, to be gone. But he finished the race right to the end. Well, didn't, and didn't, didn't, didn't change nothing. That's right. And we follow in. As he followed in Christ's footsteps, so do we. Yeah. You know, and we run this course for that moment. Yeah. For the moment of death. So we don't die. We simply fall asleep. As as the scripture puts it, you know, he was a faithful brother. And so, yeah. you know, there there is no injustice in the lord well and i think we can look at those those examples because he's an example to us Mm -hmm. right brother jerry's an example to us yeah and i know you didn't didn't ever get to meet him but you know people just like him Mm -hmm. and uh you know this kind of leads into our next point that maybe we could point out um do you think jerry had some trials i guarantee in his race guarantee he did same as we did Mm -hmm. right we have trials where sometimes we may just feel like giving up as you run a race do you ever feel like giving up Mm -hmm. yep about two minutes into it (laughs) okay i'm not as in shape as i used to be and i don't know if you are either but we if we went and ran a mile i'm sure that both of us halfway through to be like why am i doing this (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's stop (laughs) and so um, that in Acts five, do you do you want to talk about any other one? But Acts five. Well, let me let's finish in First uh, Corinthians nine. Okay, go ahead. There, there's a couple points I wanted to point out. Go ahead. As he says, therefore I run thus. You know, and this is Paul speaking. Okay. He runs this way, not with uncertainty. You know, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. Now, that's important for us to understand what he's talking about there. He's talking about scripture. You know, he doesn't run with uncertainty. You know, Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine says the secret things belong to the Lord, but those things revealed belong to us and to our sons forever. And so he doesn't dig into the silence and, you know, not as one who beats the air where he's not adding to the word. He's not taking away from the word. That way he's running with certainty. And he's, okay when he fights, he's actually hitting his target yeah because he knows he's doing the right thing because he's not adding to or taking away from and and so that that aspect so many times people get in trouble because they want to dig into the silence of the scripture Mm -hmm. well if god doesn't tell us we don't need to know he he tells us everything that we need to know to get to heaven. You know, as it says in Second uh, Timothy three, sixteen and 17. Yeah, go ahead. He says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And verse 17, he says, That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Scripture is written so we can be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We can be complete in the Lord. When we add to that, we're adding to His Word. When we take away from that, we're taking away from His Word. Absolutely. Galatians 3.15 and Revelations 22.18 and 19 Mm -hmm. tells us not to do that. 
And when we add to and take away, that's those weights that we've been talking about. Absolutely. Shedding those weights in the race. Going all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 with... um, This is with Adam and Eve, and, and Satan tempts Adam and Eve. He added... Two words. Um, well, let's start in verses 1. It says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, God has indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. He added two words. Or yeah, that's right. Added two words. Shall surely he added not. two words. Changed the entire plan of salvation for them. Mm-hmm. Changed everything. So two words is one, two words. You can change the the meaning of the passage everything and so as you study scripture also keeping it into context is key for understanding what the lord means for us well and 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 to adding um or taking away can be very beneficial in this earthly life oh yeah you know there could be physical blessings immensely by mm-hmm. doing that that's right because you're going to have a huge following you know, and and so we have to be careful of that. That's right. Um, and you're absolutely right. They, what a lot of, what a lot of people do, is they take a verse, and they'll take it out of context to fit what they're doing in their life. When you do that. And, and you, when you take it out of context, you change the meaning. Essentially, you're adding to or taking away from what is meant behind that to fit your life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what, um, you know, and, and that's part of perfecting this race that we're running. That's right. Just to kind of keep it in our topic here. Um, yeah. Any other thoughts before we move on? No. Because I think this leads into what, uh, in Acts 5, um, verse 40, pretty yeah. well. And and I think um, what definitely leads into that as well. Well, actually, let's go to Acts 5. Go ahead. Oh, I'm just going to, because this is um, the part where we can rejoice in the trials and the suffering that we have as we're running this race. Yeah. Which seems really silly. But when we read this account in Acts 5, it, we ain't got a whole lot to complain about, do we? No. And, again, going back to what I was saying, to keep it into context, so the, what's going on right here is um, Peter and some of the apostles were taken into prison for preaching Christ. Yeah. They couldn't hold them. And Gamaliel says, let them... Let them be, because if they are indeed from God, you don't want to find yourself fighting against God Himself. Right. And then, so going into and verses then look 40, what happened to him. That's so right. So this is that leads up to what what happened to him. So starting in verse forty of Acts chapter five, it says, and they agreed with him, and went because they had that's what he had suggested. Yep. They agreed with him, and when they had called for the apostles and beat them. They commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Now, can you imagine? I mean, when we're talking beat, um, they were basically um, scourged, I believe. So they would have been beaten 39 times with a whip on the back that had bones. And and they put stuff in the whip to cut you. Mm -hmm. The, the, The point was to cut your flesh. That's right. So they beat them. And continue on in verse 41. Says so they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and every house they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. When I read this, all my problems just go out the window. 
Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and so, <laughs> you know, what a blessing for this account to be for here for us because did they let it stop them? I mean, what a punishment. Yeah. You know, I remember, you know, we getting spankings when I was a kid. And if you had to lead up to that and you knew you were getting a spanking, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then getting it was horrible. And uh, um, I just can't even imagine being beat like they were because they were teaching Jesus. That's right. And they, you know, when you were a child, it was yeah. because you deserved it, right? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. There I was mean, it no... wasn't like your your parents just <laughs> took you to the back. Hey, it's Monday. Yeah. It's time for your, no, there was... your weekly meeting. There no, was... it's because you deserved it. It was justified punishment for That's sure. That's right. And so imagine being punished for something that you didn't do. And what I mean by that is all they did was preach Christ. They did nothing bad. Well, and it's interesting the conversation that they had before this. Why did they beat him? Yeah, because they had already decided that hey, well, let's just let him go. We don't want if it is of God, we don't want to fight against it. That's right. But yet they still beat him and told him not to speak it of mm-hmm. Jesus anymore. That's right. Not to teach. So I mean, this is all part of the the trials um, that we may have as Christians as we are on this race. You know, we're going to be criticized, mocked. Um, you know, and and I don't think any of us here in America have been persecuted that bad. No, but um, it could happen. And and to back up to verses twenty eight, you know, to what you were talking about when they when they first captured them, and they're standing before the council in verses twenty eight. The council is speaking, saying, "Did we not strictly command you not to teach in His name?" And yeah. look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intended to bring this man's blood on us. Yeah. First of all, the man's blood they're talking about is Jesus Christ, and his blood was on them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but it was funny how they were trying to get out of it. But then in verses 29 it says, But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him, God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. And we are his witnesses to these things, and so also the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Now, so they, standing before the council, says, we're going to answer to God. We're going to follow God. That is their race set before them. They are going to do what God says, not man. Yeah. So they, they put their faith in God and following the course set before them. That's the race that they're following, and that's the reason why they're suffering. But, you know, then when you skip down to verses 41, as they were beaten, they rejoiced in that. Oh, yeah, they rejoiced. I mean... To be counted worthy. How, to... how amazing is that? You yeah. know, if I was just beaten for... For um, preaching Christ, that may not be my first emotion. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. And and you know that's that's something that we kind of take for granted. I think as Christians, and um, you know we're kind of left alone. Seems like most of the time. Mm-hmm. And um, but you know we do suffer um, with maybe friends. I know class. So, you know, schoolmates, whatever it is, um, you're probably gonna be left out of some things. Yeah. You know, uh, and and so you know that we do suffer some things that way, but we're certainly not beaten. Like, yeah. Like I said, my problems go clear out the window when I read something like that. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, and 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 the thing is too, uh, in First Peter, um, six one six through seven, we read that. Um, I'll go ahead and read it. Yeah. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the um, genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's going to be many trials. Mm-hmm. So get used to it. <laughs> well, and and so here's the... To tie it all together, why 
did they rejoice? For counted for being counted worthy to suffer for his name, why did they rejoice? And that goes back to the text in Hebrews chapter 12. Okay. Um, starting in verses 5. And it says, and, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. Now here he's going to be quoting uh, Proverbs 3. When he says, uh, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. And what son is there whom a father does not chasten? And so this is why they rejoiced. Because God is dealing with them as with he would his own son. Okay, yeah, good point. And so this is why we can rejoice. We can rejoice in... um, in, sorry, rejoice in our trials and tribulations because God, there is this purpose behind it, and God loves us. And this is how we see that is He is dealing with us as with sons. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we can relate to it right. so well because, you know, all this uh, we can make application in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, all these things that we're talking about here. Um, and I think that's a great um, point that you bring up there in our text in Hebrews. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as as with sons, for what son is there whom the Father does not chasten? And then in verse 8, I think, is interesting too, because it says, but if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. That's right. Have... I've I've certainly known um, children that haven't been chastened. You've probably run across some too, or we see um, uh, maybe celebrity children or things like that. Mm-hmm. In the, you know, in the world um, that um, gain fame young. I'm thinking like Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, or someone like him um, that that became real famous, and their life just went spiraling completely out of control because yeah. they had no guidance. No um, chasing. They were rich. They were famous. They could do whatever they want. Did you ever see a case like that come out good? Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. Yeah. And and so um, we all need correction. You know, um, you take a horse, um, a wild Mustang. He does what he wants whenever he wants, but you can put a rope on him and train him to do what you want, and mm-hmm. you can break him through trials and tribulation. That's right. So I think we are getting pretty close to being uh, out of time. But uh, because we started at 3 or a little after 3, and it's almost 4 o'clock now. So yeah. and we'll I probably think, be wrapping things up here I, I did want to um, – I think this is a good place to wrap it up. Yeah. In, in Psalm 66, okay, um, we see the purpose behind um, – our trials and tribulations. It says, For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid afflictions on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Yeah. In verses 12 of Psalm 66, He's doing this so he can bring us out to rich fulfillment. He is refining us as silver is refined, you know, being pressurized and being going through the fire to bring us out to rich fulfillment. He is making us precious in his sight. Oh, yeah. Every time you go through trials and tribulations... You come out putting more and more faith in God. Yeah. And that's why Abraham is such a good example. When he first started out, he didn't have that great faith. But towards the end of it, he was willing to sacrifice his only son. Yeah. That, that's how much faith he had in God by the end of it. But he was being refined a whole along the way of his life. Just like we are being refined when we are choosing to put God first in our lives, that's when God starts refining us. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, all these trials make us better, and we're more trained to mm-hmm. 
to be a better servant to God. Yeah. And, you know, as we get older, um, we learn so much more. And we can always learn something. You know, we go to God's Word and look at it over and over and over again. And every time there's something that comes out at you that you didn't notice the last time, that's part of refining yourself. Yeah, that's right. And training yourself. Um, and then the trials, um, you know, it's kind of like putting your hand on the stove. Yeah. You're only going to do that once. Yep. Okay. <laughs> and we've, as a kid, I'm sure all of us, mom says, that's hot. That burner's hot. Okay. You know? <laughs> yep. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what you were talking about. <laughs> oh, that you is know? hot. Oh, okay. Now I get it. <laughs> yeah. Even though mom told you, you still had to get that trial. Yep. And of course, you probably bawled your eyes out. And guess what mom said? I told you. That's right. Right? Um, and so, but you aren't doing that again. That's right. And, you know, so anyways, that's, that's all part of, we could go on and on and on. We here. could. And, you know, but I, I think the, the main point is, you know, as we go through these trials and tribulations, just taking comfort and knowing that we're not going through them for no reason. Yeah. You know, there's always that purpose and that is to make us stronger in the Lord. Like he's not going to send us through all this stuff you know, Psalm 66 talks about he's not going to lay affliction on our black, on our backs just because he likes to see us hurt. You know, it, it's it's to bring us out to rich fulfillment. There is that purpose behind behind all of it. Absolutely. And and that's great. It's it's a it's a great lesson for us. Let us run. We're trying to run the best race we can as Christians and, you know, I just enjoy talking about this and, and, and strengthening ourselves and hopefully maybe helping someone uh, in the same manner that we are. Yeah. So uh, that's probably going to be it for today. But certainly if there's a, a topic, you know, just like this or something, um, a topic in your life that you're dealing with, something that you'd like us to talk about, boy, we'd love to hear about it. That's right. And... uh if anyone's, you know, needing someone to talk to, we're always available. You can send us an email. Uh, our email is uh, truthinagapelove at gmail.com. And, of course, you can find us on Facebook and communicate with us there, um, speaking the truth in agape love um, on Facebook. Um, there's, And I know if you're listening to this podcast, the email will be in the description and that. So you can just send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. If there's something that you're struggling with in your life that you'd like us to uh, study with you, we'd, we'd love to. Absolutely. So, uh, But that's probably all we got time for today. Uh, but I'm certainly looking forward to uh, our next podcast. And hopefully the sound and recording has been better than previous. And we're going to keep continue to work on that and, and try to improve here. So we appreciate you listening uh, with us today. And we'll see you next time. See you.